What are you looking for? Hey, honey, have you seen my cassettes? I found some of them, but I'm looking for more. I got to do a new version of Steven's mixtape. And we pay for Spotify. Why? Baby, just go with me. It's cassettes. <laughs> it's retro. It's cool. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. Let me help you find those. Which one? You want this stupid Fastway one over here? Baby, Fastway kicks ass. Okay, I've never heard of those. Fastway is awesome, and I have this Aerosmith one that has autographs in it. I this feel like ass. when you said Fastway, there should be like, that's what she said. Just saying. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael. Now, crank it up. for another episode of Steven's Mixtape. And because I didn't want to sit in this room and talk to myself, I invited my lovely and better half, Jennifer. What's going on, baby? Oh, not too much. Just happy to be here. All right. So we're going to go through a little bit of your musical history because your history is vastly different than mine. <laughs> we're going to play Quite a Quite bun- limited. <laughs> <laughs> we can cover it in one episode. <laughs> We're going to play a bunch of rock and roll, play some of the tunes that you picked. We did some interesting things, dragged you to what you liked, what you didn't like. But before we met, we both had a concert in common. And we found that out like pretty early on in our relationship, right? So you want to talk a little bit about that concert back in 2006? Sure. Well, I think that the first thing we should let everybody know is that I picked you out. So I was <laughs> I was looking uh, 
on the dating scene and I was shopping for men online and I saw your profile and you look pretty cute and had some interesting stuff to say. So I sent you an email and I think we emailed back uh, and forth. One of the first emails I sent you, you said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I like to go to, you know, go out and hang out with my friends and mentioned this poison concert that I'd gone to the previous Friday night. And sure enough, you'd been at it too. I think that caught your attention. Yeah. So it was Poison Cinderella in a co-headline tour. And there was a third band on the bill. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. And so the third band on the bill is going to be our Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. Check this out. Feel alright, alright 
So that was a band called End Ever After, and they put out a record in 2007 called Kiss or Kill, and that was a song called All Night Long. I didn't know anything about this band. I didn't know the music. I didn't even really know they were on the bill, to be honest, but they were really energetic on stage. They put on a great show. I liked the music that I was hearing, and it wasn't until just recently that I discovered that Michael Grant was the founder of that band and was the lead guitar player and singer in that band. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Michael Grant and the Assassins other than Michael Grant was on the ship last year. I missed the show. I know he was the guitar player in L.A. Guns for a while before they kicked him out. But End Ever After, Kiss or Kill is a pretty solid record. So go out there and see if you can find that record. But it's got some good rock and roll on it. And I dug that tune. Hope you did, too. What else do you remember about that show? <laughs> well, I definitely don't remember End Ever After. Uh, they didn't catch my attention at all. You know, look, Poison Cinderella concerts are great. They play all the hits. They get you totally into the stuff that you remember. And they're a big party. I mean, just I remember the energy of that show was incredible. But what I will never forget about that show, because I've never seen anything like it before or after, was watching them get in a fight on stage and I'm watching it and we were, we had seats. So we're seeing this fairly up close, but not enough to, you know, really hear what's going on, but just watching and going, is this part of the show? Like, is this one of those fake, okay, we're going to stop everything like, and, you know, turn it into something. And then you realize they're freaking really going at it. They are hot. So that was kind of interesting after the fact, realizing, okay, uh, this is <laughs> this. We're going to read about this in the papers, I think. So, this is an event that they still reference in interviews and stuff. This was a fight between Brett Michaels and Bobby Dahl that occurred somewhere right before the encore. It was towards the end of the show. I yep. think uh, Brett threw something at Bobby. Bobby threw his bass at Brett <laughs> at one point in time. They finished off the show. They finished. They did, but Bobby didn't come back on stage, if I remember correctly. Really? I don't remember him being back out on stage. I remember Brett being like, okay, you know, coming back out, but I don't remember him coming back out. I remember him finishing the show. I don't know if they finished it without Bobby Doll or whatever, but that was an interesting (laughs) event. Uh, So that that was a fun concert memory. Makes me want to go check out and see if somebody's posted that footage on YouTube. It's probably out there. (laughs) So... Before I met you, you weren't a real music geek. You weren't somebody that gravitated towards music. And to be honest, at the time you met me, yeah, I was a music geek, but I was more into sports and watching college football and stuff like that. I think that was a little bit more important to me. Mm -hmm. It was obviously a way long time before I started the podcast, which invigorated me to music again, even though I sort of always had my head in music, but Tell me, what's your experience? Did you grow up a music fan? Did you care less about music? I mean... I would have to say you're probably right. I probably could care less about music. I knew it was out there, but um, it was really, truly background, right? The, The radio's on in the car, but I wasn't the person that was going, you know, hey, you need to change the station, or I can't listen to that. I'm a little bit, you know, pretty easygoing about what I listen to. So, uh, you know, typically, you know, it was top 40, a lot of pop, certainly a fair bit of country for a long time. 
you know, I don't think I had too many like favorite bands, favorite artists. I definitely, we didn't have tons of money growing up, right? So I wasn't going out and buying records. That took money I didn't have. And I think the same thing for concerts. I remember it was a big deal to go to my first concert and uh, tickets are expensive. So a lot of the shows we went to, we were out on the lawn. Saratoga Performing Arts Center is, you know, well known in upstate New York for just being this absolutely beautiful amphitheater in a state park. And so it's it's gorgeous. You're under the pines and, and it's an amazing experience. So the concert experiences I had were great, but they were definitely uh, low budget taking a picnic out on the lawn and, <laughs> and crashing that. So uh, the very first concert that I remember going to that was really like, hey, this is my experience, not, you know, accompanying somebody else or just going for the goof of it, was seeing uh, Brian Adams. My best friend, Erin, her mom took us and we had seats and everything. So that was... (laughs) That was a pretty big deal. And it was amazing. A really amazing show. Uh, amazing how white white t-shirt and uh, blue jeans and a guitar just uh, captivate the audience. Just straight ahead rock and roll with that show. No crazy pyrotechnics, just making it happen. This was at the height of summer of 69 and uh, heaven and all that stuff. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yep, all over the radio. So what are you going to play for us? I want to hear Cuts Like a Knife. That tune really sticks with me even after all this time.
right, so you, you mentioned to me at some point that you remember seeing Cheap Trick early on. Yeah. Uh, but your timeline is a little bit screwy. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. So my parents were divorced. So I remember going out to Chicago to visit with my dad. And, you know, like so many parents that, you know, when you don't have the kids all the time, you got to figure out how to entertain them. We got to do all kinds of pretty exciting and memorable experiences. And I remember one of those was being taken to a concert again. It was some amphitheater in and around the Chicago area. And this is going to sound like the craziest thing ever. And it may be my brain tricking me and, and misremembering and putting things together. But I remember it being this crazy bill that had a comedian opening. And I swear, and this is, again, I know you're all like going to roll your eyes out there. Uh, I swear on the bill were Cheap Trick and the Pointer Sisters. Sweet. <laughs> so I remember it was it was definitely like one of those summer concert series at the radio stations where they bring folks together. And, you know, here's the thing that the other thing that makes me think uh, it's probably I'm, I'm truly a nutter and my brain is putting memories together weird. I distinctly remember everyone whipping out the lighters for the flame. But I went back and took a look, and that song wasn't wasn't big until '88. Well, that was the year I graduated, so it just doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me when I think about the timeline of when I would have been going out there or when that experience should have happened. But you just totally dated yourself, by the way. I'm old, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Come on now, that immediately made me old. All right. So we've talked to many other podcasters and their better halves, their wives, their girlfriends, whatever the situation may be. Which is awesome that we keep finding out they have them. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced and I live in a van down by the river. I mean... <laughs> I have to say that I feared that as we kept getting into this realm, it would be exactly as Baco said, <laughs> single guys living in efficiency, <laughs> haven't seen a light of day in quite some time. But uh, no, most everybody we've met is quite normal. Yeah, even I didn't fit that bill when you found me. No, not at all. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but when we're talking to other people's wives, like most of the people we know, most of our podcaster friends, their wives don't usually hang out, go to concerts, right. things like that. Yeah, and so I don't, you're I don't a little think that's, different in that way. Yeah. And I don't think that's unique to podcasters. I, I certainly talk to a lot of my girlfriends and say the same thing. I can't believe you go to all those shows with Steve because <laughs> they're, you know, they're not into it. They don't want to go to it. But I kind of take, I guess, just a little bit of a, a different take on it. It's not that I'm cool. I think we all know that I am definitely not cool. You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Oh! Farthest thing from it, but I just love live experiences. So you're never going to, you know, interest me in curling or 
rugby necessarily or cricket or something like that. But if you want to take me to a live match, I'm going to go see it. And baseball, pretty boring, even on TV, not that exciting, but I love going to the park. So, you know, my attitude is the same. If it's ballet, if it's opera, if it's a concert, I don't have to love every bit of it. I know I'm going to enjoy just the live aspect of it. So I think that's what keeps me coming back and being willing to say yes and experiment with some of these bands that wouldn't have been my first choice. Or maybe I just oftentimes I just don't know anything about them when I say yes to you. So, But I think you also like getting in a conversation with other podcasters and being able to flaunt your little bit of knowledge that you picked <laughs> up along the way. <laughs> Drop my two random facts that I remember. <laughs> Did you know Mr. Roboto hasn't been played in X amount of years? I know. And you know what? That's part of what makes it so fun to go to concerts is you do drop that kind of knowledge all throughout it. Or we're on the way and and you'll be prepping us for the concert with the playlist and go, well, did you know this thing about this song? Here's what makes it special or unique. And it's a lot easier to get interested and want to go see it and look forward to picking out that song in the set. So I appreciate it. I'm a good musical educator. You are. You are. (laughs) All right. So one of the concerts I dragged you to was a really small club that held maybe about 100 people tops, wouldn't you say? 100, 150 people. And it was sold out. And I took you to see an up and coming band called Greta Van Fleet. Yep. You remember that? I sure do. I sure remember you. This was when you were even just talking about starting the podcast. You were talking about, wow, this is a band everybody's talking about. And I remember thinking... Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we had done an interview back on episode number four, I think, of the Grown Up Rock podcast, and we'd interviewed Sam Kiska, the bass player. Yep. One of the brothers. So we got that interview early on, which was turned out to be a big get. That's one of our biggest downloaded episodes to this day. Uh, And it was just really as they were kind of touring in a van and doing their thing and getting played on the radio and making waves. And uh, here they are. The last time they rolled through town, they played two sold out nights at uh, the Fox Theater. But we saw them in a small club We're going to play something now. What do you want to play? Well, I think that Greta Van Fleet's got to be Lover Lever.
So that's off the Peaceful Army record. What did you think of their show live in that small club? I thought their show was amazing. I couldn't believe that on that teeny little postage stamp size stage that they could bring so much performance, so much musicianship, energy. I mean, I was really, really surprised because they were they were good, really well put together yeah. for where they were in their career. I mean, it was really, really great. Yeah, they were good. And guess what, boys and girls? They played their instruments and they sang. <laughs> so give them but a chance. Can I just say, like, I still, <laughs> I still remember, you know, they were super humble and, and couldn't be more cool, right? We met them after the show and he comes out of the dressing room in his socks, no less. Not for nothing, but I don't understand how musicians go on stage and you know, barefoot or wear their socks out into the venue, you'll stick to the floor, goddammit. These <laughs> places are bars where they, they spilled so many sodas and so, okay, rum and Cokes or <laughs> Jack and Cokes. I, I wouldn't be walking around in my socks. Yep. All right. So another favorite band that I turned you on to early on, well, not that early on in our career, but career, <laughs> not that early on in our relationship. <laughs> We have to put a lot of work into it. There's no doubt about it. But if, if it's really a career, then uh, <laughs> it's a that career means somebody's you, getting baby. paid. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Damn, I made a career out of loving you. <laughs> that sounds like a song, uh, I was going to say, it sounds like a Kiss lyric for sure. <laughs> You're welcome, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> we found the struts. Yes. And we've seen the struts a few times live now. Yes, and I'll see them any other time you invite me. So Yeah, you really enjoyed the struts. I think probably, let's see, we've seen them with Loose Cannon in Denver. We've seen yep. them once here in Atlanta, and then I saw them a third time in Nashville. Right. Uh, and they've been pretty consistently great every time we've seen them. Absolutely. Just tons of energy. They always sound great. I know a lot of people go, hey, you know what? They're so much better live than the records because the records, even you said that, I think that you felt like the records were a little bit too thin, produced, maybe not enough. Because the guitar comes out front a little bit right. more live than it does on the record. Right. I think people are going to go to the live show and really it's going to get hammered home that they are a rock band. It's a yeah. rock show. Yeah. I think that's the difference. If you just download the songs or you're streaming them on Spotify, you might be convinced that they're poppy, all right? Or really not appreciate the rock sensibility. They're a straight ahead rock band, and especially when they perform live. And I just love it because the crowd is an essential part of a Struts performance. That is, you are part of the Struts show and you are going to be expected. So you better do a little stretching, a little calisthenics. <laughs> Make sure you are ready because <laughs> you're going to be clapping. You're going to be raising your hands. You're going to get down to the floor. You are going to be just so into this show. And, and for anybody that's been to a lot of the shows lately, right? Look, you go to an 80s rock band you're sitting half the time. Half the audience is just kind of like got their feet up and, you know, you might as well be watching it on TV. So go check out the struts. It's going to be one of the best live performances ever. Here's what we're going to play. We're going to play Dirty Six Money.
sexy money. That's what I said. Dirty, <laughs> sexy money. Baby, I think you just said dirty sex money. <laughs> That's what you wrote down. Well, I like it. Whether it's dirty, sexy money or dirty sex money. All right. So we'd be remiss if we didn't play your favorite band and talk about your favorite band. What was the one band you told me you absolutely loved when I was trying to figure out what your musical taste was and I was trying to tie my likes and dislikes and see if we were compatible early (laughs) on in our relationship? And I go, hey, what band do you really like? And you told me what? I told you Matchbox 20, because that's probably like one of the very few bands that I feel like passionate about that. And then I literally dropped my head, started crying and said, well, I guess I continue searching (laughs) for a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think you might have actually started scratching your head looking for somebody else when I could barely name like four bands, period, and forget about like favorite bands. I think you couldn't even believe that it was so difficult for me to choose, not because it was difficult to choose because I had so many, but because I actually couldn't even list very many bands. You know, like many other relationships out there, they say opposites attract, and I think that's probably 
pretty true for us. You're very acceptable to trying new things and going to see bands and uh, you like people watching. And so I think we're a lot alike in that way. And it's just easy to get along with you. It's easy to uh, make suggestions and do things. And so I'm going to make a suggestion that you dragged Matchbox 20 into my life. You made me go see him a few times. and <laughs> I uh, sure did. And I went and saw Rob Thomas, your your boyfriend, a few times. And that might have been one of the best gifts ever is when you got the tickets to that storyteller show at the Tabernacle. That was Incredible a great show. Incredible show. Oh, yeah, my gosh. That was just Rob Thomas, a piano, and I think maybe he had like a guitar player or something, but he just told stories and played music, and it was really, really intimate and really very cool experience. So I appreciate the songwriter that he is. I appreciate some of the melodies and stuff that he writes. He writes great pop music. But here's a song that when I heard, I was kind of like, man, it's kind of a rock song for a band like Matchbox 20. Uh, I happen to like this tune. This is a song called Feel from More Than You Think You Are 2002. Check it out.
So I dragged you to a lot of shows at the local rock club here in town, 37 Main. Yep. We've seen some shows that I dragged you kicking and screaming to, and you ended up <laughs> sort of liking once we got there and experienced it. That's true. There were definitely some that I did not go in thinking I would enjoy, but I figured, okay, what's the worst that happens? Um it's a small club. I'm I'm going to see something entertaining from the people that are in the crowd, if nothing else. But yeah, I, I definitely didn't go into Lynch Mob thinking I was going to enjoy that. I had no, A, you know, there was something about the name of the band, Lynch Mob. I didn't realize George Lynch was was in the band. So it was named after him. So that maybe that would have helped if I had realized in the beginning. But another show I didn't realize I would enjoy so much was Tom Kiefer. So when we went and saw he and his wife, that was an incredible show and very intimate. I mean, it, that was one thing that's made all the concerts at 37 Main so amazing is they are a small club. Yeah, it's a small club. Uh, yeah, we saw him acoustically with his wife before the solo record came out where he was playing solo materials, first solo record. And then we saw him full on with a band at Farm Rock here yep. in town. And for, I think, both of us, he was actually the best act that weekend out of all the bands we saw. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. I mean, he le he left it all out on the stage. And I know that a song that you kind of like off the solo record, what are we going to play? I think we're going to play Ain't That a Bitch. <laughs>
All right, baby, you having a good time? I am having a good time. It's fun to uh, relive some of these concert experiences and realize how many uh, we've gone to. Yeah. And by the way, guys out there, your wife is actually trainable. So you just heard <laughs> you just heard my wife oh tell my you gosh. that she knows who George Lynch is. <laughs> and what band was George Lynch a part of, babe? I didn't know there'd be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> who was George Lynch the guitar player for? Dawkin. Very good, baby. God dang it. I didn't by the way, you guys can't see us, but I did not prompt her. She got that on her own. Yes, I still God remember a you. few things. <laughs> I have to think hard about it, though. I did think I was gonna like blow a brain cell out my ear trying to reach for that one. All right. So at one point I reached out to the press uh agents for the darkness and I wanted to do an interview with Justin because they were doing a US tour and I was pretty excited about seeing them. I like the darkness. I don't know that I necessarily love this latest record, but I'll spend a little bit more time with it. This was at the time of Pinewood Smile coming out. They didn't want to grant me an interview with Justin, but they did give me passes to the show and a photo pass and asked me to cover the show. So I took along my lovely wife because neither one of us had seen the darkness and I'd heard they were pretty good live. Baby, what did you think about that show? Um, I really enjoyed that show. A, I didn't realize I would know a darkness song going into it. So the fact that <laughs> we were listening on the way down and, and I actually knew some of their songs, that was pretty cool. I love the theater of those types of performances. I mean, we already know that I love the struts, right? And there's no doubt that there's a lot of theater to it, right? It's a show. And I love a show that's a show. And for sure, the darkness is all of that uh, to 11. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Incredible. When he came out in the crowd, I just everything about the show was campy and fun and rock and roll with a sense of humor. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, you and I love to laugh and, and enjoy ourselves and we're out to have a good time. And I loved the fact that that performance was all about getting out and having a good time it's great rock and roll but it's just a great time yeah darkness walks a thin line between being a all-out joke of a rock band like say a steel panther and being a serious rock band so they walk that thin line they're kind of tongue-in-cheek and live they're like she said they're really really fun live I would encourage anybody, whether you like the music or not, just to go see them live because I think it's a different experience. But I like the music. I'm like everybody else. I don't love the falsetto thing when he does it a lot, but when he just brings it home and just kind of plays the straight rock and roll, I like it. I think he's super entertaining. I think the thing that the darkness and the struts have in common, it comes down to the front man. Justin for yep. the darkness, Luke for the, the struts. struts. They're yep. very animated, very entertaining, very quick-witted guys. Yep. Uh, and so they do a great job at getting the crowd involved in their show so that you feel like you're part of that show. Uh, and I don't feel like that at every rock and roll show. I can go see a band, love the music, love the band, but I don't feel necessarily like I'm part of that show. Right. Uh, so what are we going to play from the darkness, babe? Um, from the darkness, uh, we are going to play Love on the Rocks with No Ice.
the first darkness record. There you go. Along with all the rock and roll shows that we've gone to, I've also dragged you to a few eclectic rock shows, right? Not Mm -hmm. necessarily just straight out rock, just maybe a little bit different. And something we've seen a couple times now is an artist called Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Now, I don't know if the majority of our listeners know who Robert Randolph and the Family Band is. But Robert Randolph is a pedal steel guitar player, and it's amazing, but he, he's kind of, it's almost a mixture of funk, blues, and rock, yep. right? That's a fair assessment. I think that, yeah, absolutely. Think maybe Jimi Hendrix on pedal steel. Yep, I think that works. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to play something off of 2006 Colorblind. This is a song called Ain't Nothing Wrong With That. Check it out.
good shit, babe. It is. I I fell in love with that song and and that fat groove just when we were on a road trip down to Thanksgiving. You put together crazy road mixes and uh that was a song that I remember catching my ear and and having to ask you, who is that? And he's Robert Randolph and the family band. And there's a little bit of me that was kind of like, you pulling my leg, but <laughs> we heard it a few more times. And uh, obviously, when they rolled into town, they made enough of an impression on me that uh, it was an easy yes to go go check out that. And we were not disappointed. Uh, that slide's incredible. No, he's great. They were really good. All right. So like... Any husband would absolutely love to do, any husband who's a rock fan, they would love to get their wife on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Their wives or their girlfriends? (laughs) Either way. You say tomato, I say tomato. I figured if it was a fantasy, they probably want their girlfriends. But yeah, you settled for your wife. I got it. Yeah. So I was able to get my wife on not only one Monsters of Rock cruise, but I know we're deuce. signed up for X. We're signed Mork up for X. For Mork X. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited about it, though. Actually, I mean that was a, by far the most unique concert experience ever. I mean, well, I don't know. I saw the Grateful Dead in a stadium show and it was right up the front. <laughs> no, my wife is not a pothead. <laughs> Definitely or not an acid dropper. <laughs> nope, neither. But she is, however, a fan of shitty music if she went and saw that. It wasn't as a fan. That was another one where I got invited. And how could I say no to that? I, I had to see what it was all about. So my sister was a fan. And uh, so I had to check that out. But back to uh, Monsters Rock, for sure. It was just like a festival without any of the shit crap that goes along with a festival. No muddy field. I mean, you're out instead on sun, on a pool deck. I mean, or in a club. Or in a club. But either way, it was everything that's great about a festival, right? That variety of stages to go play, going from show to show, intimate. Absolutely. So without any of those hassles, no porta potties, didn't have. Like I said, didn't have to tromp through mud and all the food and alcohol you could ever want within yep. a stone's, stone's throw. throw. Yep. So within a stone's throw, you've got your bed, you've got all the food in the world, and you've got all the drinks in the world, and you've got nonstop, pretty much nonstop rock and roll from 9 a.m. in the morning till 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, going probably one even later. I'm just old and. That yeah. was about when I had to pull up stakes. But. So, you know, it's a series of pool deck and three or four inside clubs. And, you know, just you go back and forth. Uh, but the band that got us on the cruise got myself on the cruise and got Sonny on the cruise. And while we approached you to please, for God's sakes, come with me, was Eclipse. And you didn't know a whole lot about Eclipse at the time, right? I knew you had no idea what the guy's name was, seeing as you kept calling Eric and Mangus and Mangus. and Magnus. Clearly, it's Magnus. We had interviewed them on episode 79, I think is the episode number. We Mm -hmm. interviewed the guys in Eclipse. 
and then more recently, we interviewed Eric Martinson to talk to him about the latest record paradigm. But uh, what was your impression? And the funny thing is, is that you remember once we got on the boat, the first thing we did when we got on the boat was went and had lunch and, and yep. we ran, ran into, into Eric and his Eric family. And his family. Mm-hmm. So I got really interested in the band having listened to your interview. And, and this is going to sound strange seeing as I'm probably the... I have zero ear. I have no sense of what it means to produce a record, but listening to them talk about how they got the sound and how they really generated it got me kind of interested and and certainly just hearing all the excitement uh, from everybody about them. But getting on board and having that be one of the first shows that we saw on Sunday night, I think that was what, like... 11 o'clock midnight. I mean, yeah, they had the light thing on uh, yeah. that first, first night. I mean, wow, just what an incredible impression they made. And, and what a way to cap off that day. I mean, the first day was, was just incredible with the amount of music we saw, but they just really, for me, were just that, that headliner and Vertigo got to be hands down my favorite song. When they performed that, I just all in.
All right, baby. This has been fun going through some of our concert memories. And, you know, I'm glad that I could bring you such joy and music into your life. (laughs) If nothing else, you give me something to talk about. (laughs) You've been a great partner, and I appreciate you sharing some of the adventures with me. It makes it a lot funner than what it was by myself, so... I appreciate that because, you know, Hollywood, he he lives in a bunch of different places, so he can't go with me to all these shows. (laughs) Nope, exactly. (laughs) All right, so you know what time it is. You wanted a freshman, you got the best, the hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. All right, it's time for the historic moment. So for the historic moment, I thought, what the hell can I do to make Jennifer a part of the historic moment? Because she only basically knows about Kiss through hanging out with me and hanging out with PRC, mm-hmm. Podcast Rock City, Hollywood, listening to me listen to the idiots over at Shout It Out Loudcast. <laughs> so I put her through more kiss than uh, any wife should be subject to at any point in time, right? So what I did is I picked six songs, really just random songs. I tried to stay away from the hits for the most part and pick six random kiss songs that kind of covered different parts of the band's career. And I didn't tell her what was what. I just gave her the six songs, said, here, listen to these songs. Tell me which one you like best. First of all, you've never seen Kiss Live, right? Nope. Do you have any desire to see Kiss Live? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest show on earth, babe. You know what? I, I would never say no to it, but I just can't. I can't dig in my pocket that deep just for the sake of being able to see it. I think all the things I said I enjoy in a show, right? Performance, theatrics. I, there's no doubt about it that I would enjoy that show. These guys know how to put one on. But am I willing to spend what it's going to take just to say I did that? Mm, I don't think so. All right. So you want to tell the listeners the six songs that I gave you the choice of listening to and asked you to listen to them and then pick your favorite and then tell them what you ended up and landed on. Okay. So the songs that I had to select from were Hello or Hallelujah, Silver Spoon, Million to One, She's So European, Tomorrow and Tonight, and got to choose. <laughs> Which is a really <laughs> random list. It was, especially when I sat down and was listening to them, just going from one song to another. I think I there were a couple times I flipped back and forth because I was like, what? <laughs> and to the Kiss band, that's going to be a random li- uh, list. They're going to be like, what the hell? Why the hell did you pick those scenes? It's random. I already told you. I just went to albums that were from different periods of the band's career and picked something that was deep. So tried not to pick the hit other than maybe Hell or Hallelujah off of Monster. So Hell or Hallelujah off of Monster is their latest album, which was, I think at this point, it's probably four or five years old, however old that was. I don't remember when it came out. So that encompasses the band today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Silver Spoon is off of Pot in the Shade, which was Bruce Kulick era kiss basically uh when he was in the band million to one is the vinnie vincent era that's off lick it up mm-hmm. all right 
She's So European is off of Unmasked, which is one of those polarizing records for KISS fans because it was basically, they still had the makeup on, but they were on the downslide of their career. Tomorrow and Tonight is off of Love Gun. So that was probably KISS at their height. They had Destroyer, they had Rock and Roll Over, they had Love Gun. Okay, so that's a mm-hmm. the height. Got to choose, I went back to the early Kiss records, right? So Got to Choose is off of Hotter Than Hell, which was their second record, I think. Uh, and that's, you know, the earliest stages of the band, right? So some of their biggest songs, their classics are from that era. Uh, and that's the classic lineup of Peter, Chris, Ace Frehley, Paul and Gene, right? Mm-hmm. So, (laughs) this ridiculous list. I don't understand why you're laughing so hard at my selection. Out of this ridiculous (laughs) list. I I have in the light the song. I know a lot of Kiss fans don't like the song, but. I picked She's So European.
There we go. She's so European. I don't think that's ever been played on the show before, but I like the song. I think it's fun. <laughs> Why did you like it? Why did you pick that? I don't know. I think, well, some of the songs when I listened to them, I just thought they sounded really thin or really dated. Like, I just, I didn't enjoy those. And I don't know, something about that just appealed to me. It, it was catchy and felt to me like uh, something I I could listen to frequently. Like, not, that was the one I guess I would, I wanted to hear again. I think if I put like the, that standard, like, okay, I would listen to that again, or I'd listen to that again. That, that was the one. That's it. That's another episode of Steven's Mixtape. As always, I want to uh, thank my partner in crime, my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, for all that he does for the show. I would like to thank Sonny Hollywood Pooney for taking my husband off my hands for a little bit. <laughs> so that I'm not the only one who has to indulge his incredible love of music. Somebody that can talk a little bit more knowledgeably than I can. Baby, you know he's going to take that sound bite and use it to his advantage, right? <laughs> kind of like he did. I love ballads. <laughs> exactly. You bastard. I'll get you for that, by the way. Uh, so listen, baby, this has been fun. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for being so much a part of my musical journey and coming with me on these rides. I hope you are enjoying it. I know there's been a few bands that I've taken you to see and you're kind of like, no, thanks. Yeah, there have been a couple that I realize there are some some bounds to uh, what I'm willing to go see over and over again. I enjoyed uh, Winery Dogs, and I can uh, pick Billy Sheehan now out of a crowd if I were to run into him on a show. He's he's fairly uh, identifiable, but yeah, Sons of Apollo maybe a little bit outside of my proggy. wheelhouse. Yeah, a little, a little proggy. proggy for you. Yeah. A little yeah. bit too much of a musician's band. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I hear the the name Mike Portnoy and you start talking about this as a super group and that name gets thrown out, I'm, it's probably going to be something that's a little bit outside my wheelhouse. I'm a little bit farther farther that side than I want to go. But God, baby, you're already name dropping more shit than most wives know. It's unbelievable. By the way, I'm not feeding her these lines, you guys. This is shit she's popping out of her head. Unbelievable. This is not like year two that you and I have been together. Like, <laughs> you wear me down. <laughs> well, plus, plus, I'll be honest with you. To the new listener out there, my wife gained a lot of this knowledge from listening to our podcast on her very long commutes from work. Yes, I, I've learned a lot uh, when we play that alphabet band name game on the on our road trip. So we're, <laughs> right, we that, have to do that. You drop some knowledge on me there. I think uh, just... You know, that personal connection, I, I would definitely tell people, go see live music. That builds that personal connection. These songs mean something to you in a way that will never mean something to you on the radio. So it's easy to remember a little bit about the band when you've actually seen the person, met the person. Go to Monsters of Rock. When you meet somebody, that changes everything. When you see them eating, eating lunch with their family, yeah, you don't feel so bad about uh, buying a, a concert t-shirt, so... Get out there, folks. Support music. All right. It's time to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play them out, boys. See you, babe. Bye. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Mississippi with a few I 
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.